0: Hi, I'm Dr. Eric Westman, and this is the Keto Made Simple podcast. Let's begin. It's Great to be with you, and I um, will talk about ketosis tonight. Everything you wanted to know and, and everything that I want to know. <laughs> and uh, I'm going to end with the question of uh, whether we probably should just all be in ketosis all the time. I'm beginning to, to wonder... And you'll see my reasoning. And I actually, I want to be uh, having this be sort of an open forum with your your uh, um, experience and um, bringing your intellectual backgrounds and firepower to this question of of uh, whether ketosis is really the way we're supposed to be. So, if you're brand new, welcome. Uh, the Ketosis, uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about what about what it means and then get into the deeper questions um, of what uh, the meta- metabolism is, what it fixes, that sort of thing. Um, again, I didn't come to this through any great personal experience. I came to this uh, area of scholarly work through my patients, uh, so you know, as you can imagine— you know, like you were in my office and you had done this Atkins diet and lost fifty pounds, and you were, you know, um, uh, polite enough to tell me about it uh, and and to teach me. Although one of the gentlemen who taught me kind of looked me in the eye and said, "All I did is eat steak and eggs," and he clearly said that to get me um, sort of rattled at the time. Of course, this is nineteen ninety eight. For me, um, and um, I didn't know much about ketosis. So it turns out, what we learned in medical school is that ketosis is bad. It occurs in uh, cases of uncontrolled diabetes, and this is pretty much the current teaching today. Even you know, over the last twenty years, we're uh, teaching young doctors and health professionals that ketosis is bad it's all one thing and it's not all one thing. And so when the monitors started coming out, not just the urine ketone measurement, but now the breath and the blood ketone measurement um, is being done uh, fairly routinely by a lot of people way before any clinical research is being done. And this is an area where your experience and other people's experience, the lived experience, is way be way ahead of or beyond the scientific uh, uh, what is thought to be you know worthy of being studied at the moment. Sadly, um, so what we know now is that the ketone level when you're not eating carbs or when you're not eating anything for a few days. Um, uh, and that's going to get me into this question later on. All humans go into ketosis or fat burning, and uh, when you don't eat, it might take a day or two or or three, but when you don't eat, we have already stored fat on our bodies, and you start burning your body fat. Some of that fat turns into ketones, and that's what called nutritional ketosis. So everybody goes into nutritional ketosis when you don't eat for a couple days, which will bring me, I'll come back to that. If it's so bad, why do we all do it? Um, Or have the capability to do it too. Um, So the level of ketones when you don't eat carbs or when you don't eat food is much lower than the level of diabetic ketoacidosis, of what doctors are taught that ketosis is. So DKAA, or diabetic ketoacidosis, is very different than nutritional ketosis, which is what happens when you don't eat carbs or, or you don't eat any food uh, for a few days. Um, so the levels are very different. The uh, reason you get acidosis added on to the keto part of it is that the, the ketones go so high and ketones are, are an acid that it the blood actually becomes acidic, the blood pH is uh, the acid base balance is so regulated that, it, that you feel sick when you're out of range just a little bit. So, uh, there is no acidosis in nutritional ketosis. Oh, right, the name is not nutritional ketoacidosis, it's nutritional ketosis. There's no acidosis, so that's the Major difference between what we're being, what we're teaching doctors and nurses and medical education, and the reality of what happens to you when you don't eat carbs. It's a very different thing. You're not sick, Um, and uh, there's and even if you had diabetes, it's fascinating. If you if you have diabetes, you might even have elevated ketone levels, but if you're getting insulin in some way, you're not going to get that acidosis. So um, and, and yet you might have ketone levels and I've had some doctors be befuddled because someone has an elevated glucose and an elevated ketone level because they're using a keto diet and it's okay. It's just another fuel and it doesn't get to a level of acidosis unless you either don't eat and don't take insulin or you're sick for some other reason and your insulin requirement is out of whack, and you don't give enough insulin. So uh, injecting actually insulin. So please don't worry about diabetic ketoacidosis when you're not eating carbs. It's a very different thing. So ketosis itself is really just fat burning. As I mentioned, once your body starts burning, it's stored energy, and we store energy really as fat, uh, and uh, a very small amount of sugar being stored and a way to think about that is we, we have a teaspoon of sugar in our blood at any given moment. We have a teaspoon, no, we have a, a, a cup of sugar. So forty-eight teaspoons of sugar in the form of glycogen in our body stores, and that's about two thousand calories or a day's supply of, of glycogen. And then fat, we can have a we can have a year supply or two year supply of fat on our body. It's really kind of unlimited as a storage form of energy. So the body draws upon its own fat store under certain circumstances of total fasting, that not eating at all, and then also if you're not eating carbohydrates, your body will re- will revert to that ketosis, uh, b- body fat burning first, and your hunger goes down. You eat less. You lose extra body fat, if you have that on your body, but then you get to an equilibrium where what you eat is, is what you burn and you store a little bit and burn a little bit. You get into this balance. Um, so really a fat-burning situation that when you're eating food that allows you to burn fat will at some point normalize or, or have your body be at an equi- equilibrium of fat storage and fat-burning uh, and then the amount you consume will all be pretty much, on. Um, well, for me now, after 20 years, it, I don't really think uh, too much about how much food I eat because uh, I mainly eat zero-carb foods with some vegetables here and there. So that's another If you're just starting this and you're looking at the food list, it's not a requirement to have all those different things on there. You, know, you choose what you like from there. At first, we do recommend the two cups of leafy greens and one cup of a non-starchy vegetable to kind of meet the, um, um, the guidelines that other experts have about fiber and other nutrients. Uh, but I don't enforce that in my clinic. So if you ended up coming to me um, you know, eating eggs and other sources of, of animal protein and fats, I don't really hammer on or, or enforce that you have to have the the leafy greens and the vegetables every day. Um, you know, the, for example, if you hated those things and you're getting excellent nutrition otherwise, I don't think it's an absolute must. Even though at first we teach that you should be under or in that range um, to get started. A lot of reasons. There's a transition going on, and we want to make that transition as seamless as possible. Um, but so uh, so we have basically a, a very limited uh, amount of, uh, of sugar in our body and an ability to store sugar. And if you have a little bit of extra sugar um, and you can't burn it off through exercise or, or some people, it was thought years ago, and I, I think it's probably true, some people are able to kind of rev up their metabolism and burn off the extra energy without storing it. I think I have a brother who who is able to do that. So even within the same family, there's some some people are just naturally energetic and run around and can burn off any extra energy, and um, and others can't. Uh, so if you have extra sugar going around, extra energy, your your body is going to turn that sugar into fat, and a lot of that happens in the liver. A lot of that happens in the fat cell itself, which gives this all, all this confusion when it's really not all that confusing, you know, that you have extra energy going around and it's in the form of sugar and the sugar store is full, somehow it has to become fat. Welcome to Fuller Butts, a behind the scenes plastic surgery podcast. Yes, you heard that right. Join your co-hosts, Dr. Sam Fuller and Dr. Dan Butts, board certified plastic and reconstructive surgeons on an exclusive full access pass into the world of plastic surgery. Combining their expertise and training, Drs. Fuller and Butts will share medical insights, detailed explanations, and lighthearted humor to keep you entertained and informed. We're certain you'll become passionate about the plastic surgery specialty and between debunking myths, uncovering truths, or just making you laugh out loud at their perspective on this creative and artistic field. We've got something for everyone. It's mean, just logical. And so this can be done in the liver. This is where now you get fatty liver, not because of the fat in the food, but it's because it's a carbohydrate being turned into the fat. That's fascinating. I, I was reading today some summary articles about fatty liver, and there's still that old idea that, you know, the saturated fat in the food will become the fat in the liver. And I think that's true under some circumstances, but it's not the garden variety person who's over-consuming carbs in our real world today. So it's so it's a, a kind of artificial research and, and situation that's inappropriately applied to today so uh um the other the other thing about carbohydrate eating and the insulin rise uh, after eating carbohydrates that has to do with ketosis is that a very small rise in insulin turns off ketones and if you have on um, uh, and uh, if you've been in the medical world, you may have treated people in the hospital with diabetes and diabetic ketoacidosis. And what happens is you put people on an insulin drip uh, into the vein, insulin, uh, someone who's in diabetic ketoacidosis, and you watch the blood sugars and the ketones come down. And You don't want to do it too fast, but you are actually suppressing the ketone production by that insulin uh in the vein or uh, IV in the IC, ICU uh, intensive care setting, but it also happens when you eat carbs just um, every day. So the uh, idea that insulin comes up as a response to eating the the carbohydrate, the blood sugar goes up, then the insulin goes up to lower the the blood glucose, and that insulin also turns off the ketone production, the fat burning, and that's why some people get in the mode of just Eating carbs can't burn the fat; store the, turn the carbs into fat and then store it as fat, and you get into this slow progression of weight gain over time. Um, those are things that happen with fat burning and or ketosis. Uh, is the the met- metabolic processes in the labs that are that are being checked and look different? If you think about it. It's uh, not, quote, normal if you eat carbs and you have insulin going around all day to be in ketosis. So if you get a lab value from, the, from LabCorp or some other laboratory, um, you're going to be outside the normal range if you have ketones in the blood, even though it's normal for you. It's normal if you're in ketosis to have some ketones, but it's not normal for those who eat carbohydrates, so the lab values will give you the um, benchmark of what happens to those who eat carbohydrates, and and your labs may not line up into that quote normal range. Um, so that ketosis example is kind of obvious. But we're also learning the cholesterol levels are different. So the cholesterol processing when you don't eat carbs is fascinating. Um, you're you're not making as many triglyceride or, or fat molecules in the liver, so you're not having to export these fatty acids, fat molecules from the liver into the blood. So you make much less VLDL, a carrier of the these triglycerides, so that even the triglyceride level in your blood goes way down because your liver isn't making as many triglycerides and having to put the triglyceride onto these VLDLs that get sent around. So on your lab value, you may notice that your triglycerides have gone down. It might even be, well, most normal ranges don't have, doesn't have a, it never can be too low for a triglyceride, but the normal range on LabCorp is, you know, under 150 being being normal, but that's not optimal. You want them to be even lower. Um, So be careful. And and I get so many questions now. It's almost like... um, uh, almost once a day, someone comes with lab values either in the computer or, or hand printed out to, to go over and compare them. And uh, the, the very few questions about ketosis are ketones because no one's really checking ketones in the blood, but those cholesterol levels are being checked everywhere. And it's like people are, you know, ready to just kind of quickly shoot down that keto diet because of the cholesterol. And you heard it in the news. Of course, you know, keto causing heart heart disease. And no, no, it, uh, science didn't say that. The study did not say that. But we all know it to be true. So we can use really shoddy science that's not even science. And everyone says, see, I told you. Well, so don't worry about the cholesterol levels and get them, you know, talk to us here. In the group or, or other keto friendly doctors, um, the uh, uh, cholesterol levels, uh, the metabolism is different. The uh, I think now almost um, to the point where uh, someone comes in, you know, my cholesterol went up. I'll I'll say, good, <laughs> and, and just leave it right there, because the, I'm I'm now balancing the the emotion that. Doctors are using today. There was a doctor who was like doing thumbscrews and fear-mongering about this this LDL level that was going to kill you, and you got to go on this drug. And uh, anyway, <laughs> if you've been in the group a while, you know this is kind of the the, uh, the recurring thing that just doesn't seem to go away. If you're new to the group, don't don't worry. In fact, don't get your labs checked for cholesterol until you're near your goal. Is the mere fact of losing weight can perturb the cholesterol levels, and by the time it goes down, um, most of the time all of the values actually look better. Um, interesting sidebar on the cholesterol levels that even on low-fat diets, while you're losing weight, the cholesterol can go up. You know, of course, no one called out, you know, oh, see that low-fat diet's bad for you. So um, that was published in our. First uh, randomized trial paper back in 2004, where we monitor people on a low fat diet, low calorie, low fat, and a low carb diet, and monitor people for six months. And it was one of the first randomized trials uh, of its kind, and then it got replicated all over. Um, but uh, so ketosis just means fat burning. The lab values may look different. Don't don't get um, Uh, The other one that we're very interested in learning more about is the hemoglobin A1C. This is a marker of of a three-month marker of blood sugar, and it's kind of now being used as the um, shortcut to diagnosing diabetes. But the hemoglobin A1C is quite a complicated test. It actually relies upon the red blood cells, uh, and the lifespan of red blood cells and the, and the quality and, and, um, uh, uh, health, health of the red blood cells. If you have a problem called sickle cell anemia or, or thalassemia, red blood cells aren't normal. And the hemoglobin A1C test is, is inaccurate. Totally. So, so we're, um, Now seeing some people with even a zero-carb diet, like a carnivore-type diet, have A1C levels that you would expect that's called pre-diabetes. And and then the blood sugar levels aren't as high as you expect them to be if someone was a carb eater with that same hemoglobin A1C level. So again, the hemoglobin A1C and the diagnosis of diabetes and all these other health conditions – is being uh, done under the conditions of eating carbohydrates. And uh, and you don't want to falsely uh, use those uh, benchmarks to compare yourself to. Now, there are some things like the bl- uh, blood sodium, for example, that is tightly controlled under any nutritional circumstance that I can tell. That, um, but things like cholesterol, which is a metabolism that can change, you know, it, Dave Feldman, if you haven't started following Dave Feldman at thecholesterolcode.com, he's the one who personally has a high LDL level, started talking to other people about it, started a Facebook group, and now has a study following people with elevated LDLs, getting uh, actually uh, sent to LA uh, for one of the highest level quality C T angiograms, it's it's not the CT score, a calcium score. It's it's a test where you can actually see inside the artery. So they're they now have a hundred people enrolled in this study, and they're gonna follow them for a year, repeat the scans to see even with these super high LDL levels, do they have some disease progressing or or does it stay the same or does it get better? We we really don't know. Uh, so follow, if you, if you have any concern about your cholesterol level, uh, I get information from Dave Feldman at the cholesterolcode.com personally, of course I can, I see Dave two or three times a year and pick his brain on the latest information. He even gave a little hint of the data that he has collected so far. I had then this, it's called the lean mass hyper responder study. He gave a hint of the data at low carb Denver. At his uh, and during his lecture, um, so not to worry about cholesterol levels, um, ketosis. Uh, you're going to be burning fat. Uh, the um, uh, other blood tests may not really be reflective of, of diabetes uh, because actually you're you're fixing the the glucose insulin pathway, unlike any carb eater uh, fixing heights. I, I got that language in there. You're you're reducing the glucose and insulin domain into that axis, if you will, unlike any carb eater being represented in that, quote, normal range on that lab test. So uh, you may or may not uh, be, so if you fall outside that normal range, it may not be abnormal. In fact, it might even be better. That's uh, kind of uh, a theme that I just didn't, Picking out through lots of different um, uh, 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 snippets of, of information, um, that um, in fact it's, it seems now to me that these these artificial guardrails of you, know, you can't go beyond an LDL of blank was one of the reasons why this area had never been studied. Well, you know, another guardrail was you can't go beyond X percent of fat in the diet, I mean, my goodness, what would happen? So the researchers were actually artificially contained and confined uh, by these uh, kind of taboo levels that you couldn't go beyond. Uh, very interesting. And that's why the, the grassroots, you all doing this, finding that it works, and, and you know, with monitoring if needed, are really pushing the, the limit of knowledge um, if, if you want to participate with your labs, uh, or you're just curious, um, and you don't want your, or, or if you don't want your lab to be um, found by the insurance company or or a doctor, uh, Dave Feldman started a company called OwnYourLabs.com. The idea there is you sign up; you don't need a doctor's order. Uh, you go to a LabCorp site. And they draw your blood, but it goes to Dave's company, and you go onto their portal, and you get access to the laboratory test, um, and no one else can see it without your permission. And then you can also opt in to a research uh, anonymous database of what is the normal range of someone who doesn't eat carbohydrates. So. Um, Interestingly, I, I just saw on the low-carb cruise coming up, which is the second week of June, out of Galveston on um, Royal Caribbean. Um, I don't know, is anyone anyone going on the cruise this year? Um, Dave just put the um, na- title of his talk, he's going to be there, Dave Feldman. It has something to do with the A- A- hemoglobin A1C levels, of what he's seeing now in people who've opted in to give their blood tests to this data. Database of people not eating carbs, and that's going to be really. I think the first look. Yeah, you know, and who would think that? You know, it's, it's a it's not a medical meeting. It's a it's a cruise where where you know a subset of people are doing the diet. Not so if you've never been on a cruise, it's like like three hundred people get together in a conference room on the days at sea, and so it's not like the whole boat is eating a low carb diet. Um, Uh, but uh, a subset of people are. And you sit in the same general vicinity in the dining room of of people who are on the, quote, low-carb cruise. Um, But uh, I hope to learn about this new normal range uh, through through this as well. Now, you might ask, well, well, why? Or I'm wondering, why don't I know this from my own patients? Well, I don't have 100% adherence. Yeah, so can you believe it? <laughs> I mean, so actually, not everyone who comes to my clinic wants to do a keto diet, or or, or even knows why they're in my office. So I, I, um, uh, it's interesting. So I heard Dave Unwin talk about his practice. He's been in the, in the same family practice in the UK for the last twenty years. He has the same clients, the same patients. You know, if, if he says to someone, you know, you ought to do this, they do it because he's their doctor and they've known him so long or you know they're very likely. I'm in a practice where people are referred to me and sometimes they don't even know why they're referred and and I set that up on purpose because um, I wanted to be able to learn within the insurance pay system so that people aren't you know super rich, paying out of pocket, highly motivated. and I've learned a lot like one of my patients taught me that he could lose a massive amount of weight just eating at McDonald's and it never would have occur- occurred to me to say, Hey, just go at McDonald's and don't eat the, the bun or the fries or don't have sugar in the drinks. And so I've learned a lot. Um, and I learned a lot from your experiences as well. Um, but um, uh, the interesting thing is um, the clinic that I'm in, I don't regularly cause I'm constrained by The insurance company payments for things, um, and I kind of have a minimalist uh, approach where I don't want to cause more money to be for someone to pay more out of pocket. Um, That I don't have a full set of labs on everyone who's come to my clinic, and then I don't have like perfect um, knowledge about people following it, you know, like a ketone level or or a blood level, so. Um that's why formal um uh formal investigations like Dave Feldman's and other or in like the Verda Health study are so important because they track just almost everyone down and have better follow up to know what happens with these different different labs. Um so ketosis uh just means fat burning. Um, you know, it occurred to me uh watching um uh, naked and afraid. Have you seen this reality show? Uh, that it's kind of like Survivor. It's uh, kind of like Alone, where you're actually all by yourself. These people are out in the middle of nowhere, and they don't really don't eat anything. And they lose a pound a day, you know, on average. The big guys, you know, the gals lose two pounds a day because basically they're not eating, not eating anything. So you're seeing. You know, in real time, what happens when people become fat burners? And I'm told there's one episode of Alone where someone was talking about, oh, I'm in massive ketosis. This is great. And most of the time they don't talk about ketosis. Mm -hmm. uh, But um, so really, so we store fat on our bodies and that's what's there when you don't eat and you have to find some fuel on your body. The, the blood glucose is maintained by a hormone called glucagon, and you, so you don't need to eat carbohydrates, and you'll have a, a blood glucose that's pretty steady. If you do prolonged fasting, say 30 days, 60 days, 90 days, let's say someone truly is starving to death, then the glucose levels will come down, and, um, and yet you could still be awake and alert uh, uh, I don't want to go that far. I don't don't want you to even do naked and afraid starvation of 21 days. But I don't think we have great information that that's a great thing to do. But just the idea. So I'm going to kind of switch gears to what do you think the um, a computer? If you make you know a human makes a computer, if it's low on energy, what ha- what happens on mine anyway is it goes you know, pops up, do you want to go into safe mode? Do you want to go into low energy mode? You know, if your energy is low, you know, hook it up to energy, or do you want to go in safe mode? And, you know, I say, sure, let's go into safe mode. So ketosis, burning the fat off your body, is basically like safe mode on your computer. It, it's the, an efficient way to use the stored fat that you already have, and I, I think... It could be argued or reasoned that we store fat on the body because it's a more concentrated source of energy. You get more calories, more ATP, more energy molecules out of a gram of fat than a gram of carbohydrate. So it's a, a more concentrated source uh, uh, to store the energy. Um, and so that's available for us. And so we go and we use ketones. Ketones as a fuel molecule where glucose is typically used if you're a carb eater and a carb burner. So, um, uh, and then over time, I mean, we'll see with the new data. When the Inuit or the Eskimo and the old Iowa Inuit were studied, they did not have extra ketones in the urine based on the, the, the uh, you know, I don't know the quality of the measurement at that time. This is the early 1900s. So it could be that over time you adapt so that there are no ketones in the urine, which would make sense because it's an energy molecule and that if you're conserving all of your energy, that first ketosis that you see it will pro- in the urine will probably go away, uh, kind of like um, you don't normally see glucose in the urine. It's only when the elevation of blood glucose uh, is you know, 180, pretty high diabetic range. So I, I guess my question is, uh, or you know, poke holes and or help me think this through. I, I'd like to um, uh, sort of develop this theme that everyone goes into ketosis when you don't eat for two days. I mean, really everyone. Right? So the first thing we could do is first prove that, although it's kind of like proving the sun's going to come up tomorrow. It's very very likely, although there's no randomized trial for that. Uh, the sun coming up, but uh, so everyone goes into ketosis. Um, how can that be bad for you? Why? So, what system would be created to to? Uh, and this is called face validity. It's not it's not an experiment. It's just or common sense, as some people would say it. That what system would be developed or evolved that when you didn't have food around, you you basically self destruct and go into ketosis, which is harmful, and you would just wither away. No, a system that would survive long-term uh, or be designed by a human would turn the organism or the computer into a more efficient machine and you know, draw upon its own energy, and and this wouldn't be harmful. In fact, if anything, it'd probably be, be less harmful because you're, you're not getting the daily uh, vitamins and minerals and energy. Um, so is ketosis really what we should be in all the time. And, you know, this is just flipping everything over. Um, I had to be sure scientifically that it was okay for humans not to eat carbs. And that was one of the first things that I made sure there were multiple experts and and good data in humans to show that there is no need for humans to eat carbohydrates. You can make all the molecules you need and get all the vitamins and minerals from other foods without eating carbohydrates, the other way to say that is there's no essential carbohydrate, meaning you have to eat it. Um, so then, the flipping it upside down, and how many I mean, do you have to eat carbs? And then, how many carbs is 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 better or worse or optimal? And um, uh, I know we we've, we've all pretty, I'm pretty sure we all came through the the lens, the human experience of eating carbs. And now we're, we've cut them back. And so um, uh, children and babies are born into ketosis. You know, they're not eating carbs. They're actually in ketosis. And it's the consumption of carbs that um, block the the ketosis. Although I had to, at the Low Carb Denver meeting, and, and I, I encourage you to come to these meetings. I, I had a side conversation with the uh, the lead speaker who um basically got up and went and broke this rock so it had a, a knife-like um, surface on it and said this was the event that changed human history because humans were able then to eat meat and you know cut through. Anyway, a very, very great uh, uh, speaker. Um, and he, uh, I connected him briefly with a nurse practitioner who was actually measuring her own breast milk um, as she was nursing her child, and you can actually send away your breast milk to a lab at UCLA for a small fee, and they calculate all of the the different components. Um, I saw her in in Keto Salt Lake, the year before, and then she came to Denver and, and had assembled her information in a spreadsheet of her breast milk under different conditions. And 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 so I, I the fellow who was the keynote speaker, but you know the the you know breaks the rock all of human history changed. He had traveled all around the world, has been featured in Natural National Geographic. And and I got them to briefly speak. And actually, it was his thought that uh, that even that the lactose and the breast milk isn't used by the baby. It's used by the gut bacteria. Uh, this was news to me, but he, he said he, he uses lactose to ferment things. And cultures around the world would use that milk to ferment. So the bacteria use it. And And so he asked the nurse practitioner, "Did you check the ketones?" And she said, "Well, yes, a couple times. My baby's so this is months old. My baby's ketones mirrored my ketones in the blood. Through so so very so I I, not knowing you know not being a neonatologist and and I'm an internist, so I don't I don't know a whole lot about babies and and neonates uh, especially, but um, the idea that the lactose and the milk would turn off ketosis was kind of like, oh well, yeah, they probably, yeah, they're not in ketosis. I don't know now. I, and it, well, I knew based on one of, uh, a, a, a couple of residents who through the years done our rotation, they, they were doing breastfeeding and they told me that the breast milk was, was qualitatively different. There was more fat if you, um, were, were a keto mother breastfeeding the baby, the breast milk was very different. they would freeze it and and it would settle out. But um, the idea that you were actually feeding the gut bacteria with the lactose and that the baby could really be still being ketosis while breastfeeding, especially if there was more fat and the mom who was breastfeeding who was who was keto, well then walking down the hall is Laura Buchanan the. Young doctor who's uh, trained in Winston Salem with her husband Matt Hawkins. She's pregnant now. She's having a keto baby. They're you know in their mid 30s and they've come through my clinic and they're all on fire about using keto diets and their practices. Uh, in fact, one of Laura's working for Dr. Tro Tro Collagen, If and Dr. Tro is set up now to do telemedicine all around the country. Uh, I don't think world yet, but it's uh, drtro.com, d o c t o r spelled out Dr. Tro T R O for his first name. Um, I'm not set up to do telemedicine outside of North Carolina, uh, and um, all right, my license is in North Carolina. But he's and Laura's working part time with Dr. Tro. Anyway, so uh, getting back to the ketosis. So even I, I first heard about. Keto babies and keto moms. When I was at that conference in Indonesia, and if you, you you remember back to the Keto Made Simple course, the the mindset change that was the conference where the dad basically reasoned that he should put his son with cerebral palsy on a keto diet, and uh, and you know yet I, I I hold that information and don't you know give talks and, and write home about it as policy because it's still kind of hearsay evidence but it's it's real um, and in a culture where they are Muslim and they practice Ramadan a lot of uh, or observe Ramadan a lot of them don't eat during the day and then do keto at night so they call it keto fastosis Indonesia their Facebook group you can uh, go on there and most of it's in Indonesian so you, you unless you can read Indonesian, it won't me- mean much to you. But, but uh, so the idea, even that that pre- pregnant women and, and moms breastfeeding, uh, that it's okay to be fat burning, is is growing and growing. And yet, the politics of saying this in the Western world, with the litigious society, that if something happens to a baby, that you're outside the medical establishment sort of mainstream teaching this puts a kibosh on people saying that, Oh yeah, it's okay. Don't eat carbs, during pregnancy. Um, uh, we were this close to getting an OBGYN group to get started studying this. Um, there was someone who reached out to us and yet then the pandemic hit and I haven't heard from them since. Um, but babies are born in ketosis. Mothers can have children and and, um, the uh without eating carbs um i've treated people in later ages and they're in ketosis seems fine it's the default way of being really if you you know don't eat anything for a day or two you're going to be in ketosis how can that be bad for you okay your turn Remember how Zoom works. I can't hear you, uh on purpose. You have to unmute or or raise your hand and we'll you'll bubble up to the top here. And I have you on um the Brady Bunch view, so most of you don't have your your cameras on. Um and I see Denise. Denise, uh please, uh what's on your mind? What do you think?
1: Oh uh, yeah. I've been um I've been using my uh, keto re- breath breath reader for the last couple of years, actually, and um, when I was actually putting on weight last year, it was reading at a three level, saying I was burning both carbs and keto, and and fat burning. Um, now that I've been doing the uh, challenge and you know getting on to this program and and um i was part of the second cohort um getting back into uh 20 grams and less following the program very closely i uh i still get a reading that I'm burning carb and fat in the mornings when I wake up, when I get up. And then by evening or late afternoon even, I'm high in fat burning again. So I've gone, you know, I'll go from a 3 to 5, which is kind of the highest number they read. So I was just kind of like, I think I'm okay because I end up in you know, the high levels in each day. So I'm doing something right.
0: Do you ever measure the blood sugar too? No. So I wonder if uh, what might explain that is that the blood sugar can go up in the morning. It's called the dawn phenomenon, meaning that it's on the early morning. And that's the growth hormone and cortisol hormones going up, making the blood glucose goes up, going up, and then the ketones go down in the morning. Uh, so it could be that you're burning carbs because of the dawn phenomenon in the morning uh, just a little bit. And then the, uh, most people tell me their ketone levels are higher in the evening anyway. So wow. uh, th- and the problem with all these measurements, though, is it doesn't really tell you uh, the throughput of, of how much you're burning and how many uh, how many ketones are being generated and then being burnt It kind of just gives you the kind of the level of the dam of, at a certain range the the water coming into the dam in the spring when it, there's a lot of water basically you open the sluice gate so that the level stays the same so that ketone level can go up and down and it doesn't really reflect the whole picture same with glucose but um but so, what do you think? I mean, are you um, uh, you thinking you're doing something weird or something natural?
1: Oh, something natural. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, the whole weighing and testing and stuff like that I did in, initially on the, the uh, you know, on the internet keto website from the you know when i was learning but now it's just you know like i'm I'm a bit still addicted to measuring every day my breath, breath keto so but yeah like i'm feeling it's taken me you know till now from january 2nd to start not craving stuff and I still have a little bit of a problem overeating in the evenings, you know, because I don't often eat till three and four in the afternoon anyway. So then it just goes on.
0: Well, so um for nine out of ten or nine point five so ninety five percent of the time, when you become a fat burner, the hunger goes down automatically. And you start eating less. And that's when you start losing your body fat. Your body fat starts giving up some of its energy. Uh, It's not automatic. And, you know, I'm kind of just saying one in maybe one in 50 people. um, And of course, many of them end up in my office. So there can be always some other uh, thing going on, like the flowinase nasal spray this time of year, where there's pollen. Uh, in our area, a lot of people will be put on sprays or be on shots or or there might be some other inflammatory process going on um, to complicate things. But um, generally speaking, I, I think fat burning is good for, for all of these things. Did, did you have any um, medical issue, uh, metabolic thing that had to be addressed?
1: I had, I had reflux. I had reflux, and that cleared up my first bout of. And I was way over. I was. I lost seventy pounds first round, right. Um uh, quickly. And you've mentioned that in other talks about like too quickly, I think. So I started gaining back weight, um, and I also yeah, the reflux was the worst, but. Just like seventy pounds, and last year i I gained another twenty I gained twenty back just kinda stressful time.
0: You had some carbs, so,
1: yeah, yeah, starting to eat too much fruit
0: well, and well when so if someone has weight gain and and it's not because of eating carbs then i then I have to think harder. Usually it's a, that quick explanation. Um, yeah. yeah. But what's fascinating? No, I was. Go ahead.
1: Yeah. No, I was. I was. I realized I was starting to, you know, like eat to satisfy the stress and stuff I was going through. So, yeah.
0: <laughs> we know the heartburn, it's almost 100% heartburn going away. Getting people off those medicines, um, any GI problem pretty much goes away, and, and that's another source of um, measurement today, where people are being told the microbiome, the gut microbiome. Uh, Amy and I would always be like, "No, not the microbiome again," yeah. you know, um, and um, you know, you don't need probiotics. And all that. So, but in a program like this, we since. So much healing is done by taking away things uh, it's important as a practitioner that to make sure that I'm sure that you're getting new things you know like that's why we talk about certain types of brisket in North Carolina there's a certain brand of brisket that oh my goodness it's so good uh, you know you want to make sure you're bringing in new things because taking away the carbs does so much benefit uh, to the GI stuff so I, I take people off heartburn meds Irritable bowel meds, um, even the so fatty liver uh, it goes away. Um, the ulcerative colitis and Crohn's, there, there's a signal there where some people get a lot better, and no one really has assembled information uh, about that. But the GI stuff, even the the microbiome, it, it, it doesn't. Don't worry about taking probiotics and things mm-hmm. like that. Taking away the carbs does so much, um, that, um, it's healing in so many different.
1: Yeah. Well, it's kind of interesting because I took the cooking course.
0: Oh, good.
1: Yep. And, uh, so all of us, you know, mainly to get more variety Uh and tastier food into my diet, Good. um, Because I was kind of going carnivore and I was just kind of going from steak to chicken, steak to chicken, steak to chicken.
0: (laughs) Well, and uh, it's probably better than eating the standard American diet, the sad diet. Yeah. Um, Yeah, um, yeah. But uh, I really like Scott. So Scott Parker is the uh, chef who worked in Michelin star restaurants for 20 years and put together Andrew Carp Confusion the cookbook. Uh, I find that his Kali Rice. Recipe always using fresh cauliflower, chopping it up, and then using the microwave is, is it's a real winner for me. It clicks. I do yeah. that. Uh, I've I've
1: just, I've found though that I I have been getting diarrhea every time I add cauliflower or broccoli. Or, okay. So I'm not sure. I'm I'm going to do a test this week. I'm going to start eliminating the uh, veggies again
0: remember there's a limit, right? So about a fistful, uh, and, and yeah. if, if you ever, uh, uh, you know, compare your fist to a measuring cup, mine is almost exactly the same. And so that means, you know, half of a, half of a fist is half a cup, you know, a quarter of a fist is a quarter cup. So you can have an easy way to gauge how much of something you're having. Um, and, um, yeah, it, the you have to find the individual tolerances to different things. It, it's very interesting. Yeah. How um, have you had any GI surgery before?
1: oh uh, no, no. Because
0: okay. that always adds in a complicating factor to think about? Um, good. Well, well. So you think ketosis yeah. better ketosis. than than no ketosis i'm up. Yeah, awesome. Um, th- there's got to be a way to to like do a poll on here. Kyle, do you know how to do that? Uh, where the question would be, do you think? He t- oh, oh, I, oh, wait. There are Wait, there are a lot of questions. I'm sorry. The chats. Um, let's see. Uh, oh, probably uh, some are not related to ketosis. That's fine. So let me handle the chats. Um, John, John says, I have a patient who, after three days, had remission of many months of bowel leakage, so severe he had to wear. Depends. Diapers. Wow. Remission of bowel leakage. Great. A few days later, he got the keto flu and had some wonton soup. The wontons, uh, that's pasta, right? Pretty much. Caused the leakage to recur. He went back to strict level one. has been leakage-free. Is it worth worth writing up a case report? If yes, to what journal? Well, um, I, you know, if you can document things to a level that you know a typical case study or case report would require, or or um, then yeah, the case study, There are journals of case reports, uh, and then um, there's a journal called the Journal of Insulin Resistance (JIR), which has a relatively keto-friendly editor. Uh, But um, that's very interesting. Um, And so can fatty liver be reversed? Definitely yes. Uh, Which enzyme is the best marker of fatty liver? Well, I I just looked at the AST and the ALT. These are the two that come on a standard panel. Um, So um, what about uh, those who have high ketone levels, high CBD? No, it's not really scientific. Don't worry about it. Uh, Dave Feldman, cholesterol code. Yeah. Oh, so I did a, um, a YouTube, uh, video on the, that study. So you can take a look at that and then ownyourlabs.com. Oh, great. Thanks for putting that in, in the chat. Um, and then, yep, yeah, there's the low carb cruise. <laughs> Thanks. So if you haven't been following the chat running on the side, this is all in there. Um, and Denise, there's your question. Okay. So now let's see if traditionally accepted labs are not applicable to folks eating a keto diet, what metrics should be used? Well, Deborah, that's a great question. Um, uh, while being trained as a traditional medical doctor, I'm not sure what other things should be tested. And I think the um, uh, information coming from the Verda Health study that's kind of unfolding as in real time now will help a lot. Um, the uh, in there, there's a, a figure uh, and a lot of information about what's happening in these people who don't eat carbs. Of course, they have diabetes. to get into that study, but I, I'm thinking that um, Dave Feldman's Own Your Labs, and then this study will give us an idea of just what normal ketosis looks like. Now, whether if there's a way to tweak that, that I don't know. I think that's the next um frontier for research was to see if we can do better than than just garden variety real food ketosis. Um so uh how great I feel is reason enough for me to eat this way. Yeah. I think that's the reason most people stay eating this way even after losing weight or reversing diabetes. Most people just feel better. Um so uh he calmly says, I'm not losing weight, but near my goal and not worried about it. I'm calmer, not hungry, sleep better, have sustained energy, look better at 71 years young. Fantastic. That's great. Um, and uh, I don't know if you saw the comment, uh, uh, Denise, that Jenny says, You're, you're looking terrific. Um, you're doing great. Um, Michelle says oh my omg i started flonase a month ago and have it lost hmm, yeah be careful about that flonase most people will um use zyrtec or, or some pill uh, instead of the flonase uh and um yeah so or or minimize just use it as much as you really you know minimize the much as you need so john uh the best brisket in my area so north carolina is a company called city barbecue and of course I learned early on not to say something like it's the best brisket because everyone's taste is different. <laughs> so I, I'll usually say it you know someone says well is it good I'll say well, it's low carb but if you like it or not that's a matter of your your uh, personal preference so but this brisket is is moist and fatty and has a, that edge of, of, uh, of um, spices that you don't even need a sauce. It's uh, So whenever I'm in that part of town, I, I pick up uh, a bunch of the brisket, and they have uh, sausages there as well. Um, I'm on Dupixent biologic shots every two weeks. Can that slow my weight loss? Um, so, Sue, I don't know much about Dupixin. Um, I've become that doctor, though, that I said I would never become, the, that older doctor in training who, who said any drug can do anything. And you know, I was kind of known as as Mr. Randomized Trial, you know, not doctor, even though I was, well, I was a doctor, because the doctors are making fun of me because I wanted randomized trials. I wanted studies. I wanted, and, and yet now, because, you know, working with real people, real, they've been nice enough to come back to me and say, you know, you said that it wasn't the medicine, but it was. And I'm like, but it wasn't in the book. You know, so uh, if, if it's temporarily related, I see you're marching like this, and then you, anything is introduced. It could be a Atkins bar. It could be a, a shot. It could be a FloNase nasal spray. It could be a, I don't know, a, 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 a different uh, IUD. A lot of these medical IUDs now have hormones in them and, and cause weight gain. And then uh, depot shots for, for contraception cause weight gain. Um, so I don't know. That's very possible if... Uh, now if you're still losing at the same clip, no worries um, so Glenda says I've heard the term fat adapted to, in relation to keto diets yeah so that means you're fat burning fat adapted you're uh, it's also known as um uh, fasting mimicking you, you'll heard that hear that out there there's uh, that term and it's just, it just means fat burning in this context um. You uh, how long does it take to become fully fat adapted? So it depends what you're trying to accomplish. Um, if you just want to get some ketones in the blood, it may just take a couple days. Um, but there is a bell-shaped curve that um, I've had some people that it takes them two weeks to get into ketosis, so that we did a, a very small study of giving people a uh, it was called our cheat meal study. They had 75 grams of carbs in one meal. And two, the people were knocked out of ketosis for two weeks, which just goes to to that uh, teaching that you have to be super strict, you know. And it, you know if it's not working, but you're having cake once a week or every other week, you're really not doing it. If you have that kind of metabolism, you know. So um, I would say that to get the ketones, it doesn't take long. But in this movie um, called Serial Killers Two. It's C-E-R-E-A-L, not S-E-R, like Serial Killers. It's Serial Killers, like Serial is Killing You. Um, And there's a movie called Serial Killers and then Serial Killers 2. In Serial Killers 2, if you wanted to row in a rowboat from San Francisco to Hawaii, this is what they did in this movie, in a rowboat, rowing in the open water. These were... Super athletes, uh, high-level triathlon. It was a husband-wife team. You actually meet Steve Finney in that movie, Serial Killers 2. Uh, you go to his house, uh, and it's a great film. Both these are great if you're athletic or worried about doing athletic things and not eating carbs. These two movies will will you know erase any fear that you have. Um, they were in a—so if you want to do extreme exercise— they their methodology was that they measured their fat burning every week until they maximized their fat burning because they were doing this heroic level of exercise and it took them six months to fully fat adapt six months to make their body be as efficient as possible they so they you know reached the highest level and then stayed there they weren't going up any higher. Um, and so it depends what you're trying to accomplish. I had a, a person who came back to me early on and, and was all upset because his Sudoku time was down. And he, yeah, he he timed his Sudoku, and and was upset that it, he couldn't do it as fast. Well, um, after so I, I just kind of temper you know, just hang in there. You know, six months in, his time was lower than ever before. So it depends what you're trying to accomplish. I think um, the real people to monitor are people like Jeff Volek and Steve Finney, who have been super strict and, and been following this for for now over 20 years since I've known them. Steve, probably 40 years, uh, he, um, or 35 maybe. Um, uh, so the, the it's a variable amount of time to get into ketosis, but I don't know that that's the real goal you're trying to. If you're trying to optimize your bodily functions of other complex things like rowing, and oh, those folks who rowed in a rowboat from San Francisco to Hawaii, they broke the world record by 15 days. So those, if you eat carbs and you go and row in a rowboat, you have to stop every seven days because your muscles are so sore. And so that's one reason why they did it so fast is they didn't stop and rest their muscles. Great movie, Serial Killers and Serial Killers 2. Janice uh, says, how do you know you're in ketosis? Well, you can measure your ketones, the breath, the blood, the urine, or not. Um, I, I've chosen to not really measure myself personally. And I, when I was in low-carb Denver, there was a panel of five experts, and I asked them personally, do you measure your ketones, and then do you use it with your patients? Do you make your patients measure ketones? And there was a wide range. Most of the experts did not measure their own ketones, but some of them said, kind of like me, well, when I do measure, I know I'm in ketosis. It's so a lifestyle change. I don't need to measure. But if you're eating the same way and you know you're in ketosis, there's no need to really measure you know, as you go forward. Um, and then one of them actually said she measures her glucoses, not the ketones as the thing to measure just because it's easier because you have that continuous glucose monitor. I don't. Um, it, I think it kind of depends on your personality. I I prefer to just not be bothered with it. Um, so iPhone, sorry I can't see your your name. Says it's better to be in ketosis. Okay. Um, let's see. City barbecue. They're building one near me. Yay. Okay, great, Barbara. That, let me know what you think of it. Um, let's see. Uh, so how do I know if I'm ketose, in ketosis? So if someone, if you're coming to the clinic to um, to lose weight for example, um, reverse diabetes. I know you're in ketosis. If you're staying to the list of foods, you're not eating many carbs. So you're not burning many carbs. I know you're not because you're not eating them. You know, you're strictly following it. um, I believe you. And then uh, if your hunger goes down and if you're losing either pounds or inches, you're in ketosis. So if you're having results, that's why we focus on results, not ketones, as the outcome. Uh, you don't have to be measuring your food and the weight and the ketones at all. Follow the, um, the the list of food and within those constraints, and it works pretty well without the need for much monitoring. Um, let's see, Don says, any recommendation for morning headaches? Well, I don't hear that very frequently, and I wonder how whether you're in the first week or two, then sure, I just wait wait it out. Maybe have some Tylenol or some sodium in form of salt or bouillon. If you're into it a long period of time, I don't think that's really dietary-related. to have morning headaches. Um, I think it's something else. Um, Christina says, after six months, reverse my fatty liver. Hooray. Just started gabapentin and worried about gaining weight. Yes, from the shell, me too. Sorry about that. Um, just... Monitor. Um, let's see. Veronica says I'm 35 years old. I had my gallbladder removed, colon removed. Now I have an internal ileal pouch. Okay, so for those uh, non-medical, basically the the colon sucks back water, and so uh, the stool comes out formed or hard because of the colon. The colon sucks back water. So if you remove the colon, uh, then I'm afraid the um, stool coming out is going to be more liquidy. Um, and the internal pouch, okay, so that you can keep the uh, contents inside. Uh, I noticed that I can't have greens. I think that's fine. Yeah, don't stress about that. Uh, uh, Kyle, thank you. The Serial Killers 2, the, the web address or URL is runonfatmovie.com. Uh, and let's see, Char, Charlotte says, my doctor wants me on a pill for LDL. Uh, It's been over 300, been low carb, lost 50 pounds, still keep under 20 carbs. Within two pounds at 124, I told the doctor, no, she was not happy with me and sent me to a different doctor as my doctor. Okay, Uh, just that breath. Well, Charlie, she saved you. The doctor sent you a different doctor. That's great. You didn't have to fire your doctor. Some of my patients have to do that or or just agree to disagree is another way to say it Or, or just tell your Doctor, you're doing a Mediterranean diet, um, and then suddenly the LDL doesn't look so bad. Um, I was in your KMS class. Great. Um, do I need to do anything? Um, uh, I, I don't No. I mean, just measure things that doctors would normally measure with the asterisk that the cholesterol levels will be different. Um, you could look at the triglyceride and HDL if you want to look at the blood panel, and those should be. Down Well, triglyceride down, HDL up, um, and that's what's called the metabolic syndrome. Um, but even uh, today I had a discussion with someone about the small LDLs and all that, and I'm kind of getting away from worrying about those things um, uh, until more information is coming out. Um, and you know, I, I kind of hear a brewing out there, sort of this unsubstantiated anecdotes uh, about reversing the coronary score and adding in vitamins. And it's not enough really for me to even mention, uh, other than that some people are seeing things that haven't been seen. And of course, that's a theme of this whole area that, uh, you know, reversal of diabetes, reversal of, of all the GI problems the, um, is a theme that we can accomplish things other doctors can't do because our secret weapon is food. Um uh, thank you Denise for for being unshy, being bold. <laughs> um well with that I I'll, I'll say, say good night. Thanks for for joining us live and and uh, on the replay. Bye now. If you enjoyed this video, be sure to like, subscribe, and hit the notification bell. And check out AdapterLifeAcademy.com